I can't think anymore, Buffy. My brain is smush. Nice. Smushy brain. Smushy brain. Bonsoir. Hello. Hello. It's us. Back again. Here we are. Episode nine. Didn't think we'd get this far. Nearly double digits. I know. Next week's going to be a big deal. And we're doing seasons, right? So we're mm. coming to the end of yeah. our first season. We're going to do 12? 12, I think, is what we decided yeah. on. Mm-hmm. So really, in the timeline, in the TV show, this is like a big development this, episode. This is like it's the a, mid-season cliffhanger. Yeah. Do so they? Then, don't they? Yep. Will they? Yep. Probably not. No. Who knows? It's as much as a ride for you as... as it as, is for us. Yeah, there it is. Finish each other's sentences. Yeah. How's your week been? My week's been pretty good. I've been trying to soak up the last bit of the nice weather that we're getting before it's six months of torrential downpour and yeah. mixed with a little bit of snow. But then that's why in the spring we have so much green. Exactly. And I'm okay with rain. I would rather have rain than snow. Me too. Minus 35 gets real boring after, after a day. After an hour, mm-hmm. less fun. <laughs> I'm okay with the rain. Yeah, it's not too bad. You have to be okay with the rain in Vancouver. Honestly, otherwise you just you just won't make it through the year. That's it. How was your week? Uh, yeah, it was good. I Oh, I told you about my Capiso journey, didn't I? I lost. Mm, you did. That was lost up. Yeah, I did that. Oh, and I broke the laminator too this week. Oh, God. You're yeah. just having a... It's okay. You're finding your footing with the office equipment. It's really hard, you know. I, I pay a lot of respect to people that are in an office full-time. Michael Scott? Yeah. Turns Shep. out, hard job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard being the regional manager. Absolutely. And to be the assistant to the regional manager, I can imagine. Stressful stuff. Pam? Photocopies? Le- yeah. That's not okay. I barely get by. <laughs> I barely get by in makeup and I barely get by in paperwork. I really don't know where I stand in this Somewhere world. Somewhere on that spectrum you are. Yeah. So... I had to laminate something and I went upstairs to like <laughs> the big office where all the important people are who like just des- make decisions in mm-hmm. the company I guess mm-hmm. and <laughs> I guess like I'm like I guess that's where they hang out <laughs> I don't know I don't know I'm I'm in the basement so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just on the second third floor I'm just made my way upstairs <laughs> to the big boys den <laughs> and I yeah I had to laminate something and I was sat there and I basically I just fucked it up and it started beeping so much so that someone in the editing room came out and was like, is that a fire alarm? Is that a fire alarm beep? And I was like, oh, no, 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 nothing to worry about here. And then everyone started looking around and then our first AD, who's like really precious, sweet person, Natasha was like, oh, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine, Natasha. Look away, Natasha. Look away. Don't worry about this. And I like unplug it and then I like try to pull the like stupid laminated sheet out and it won't happen. So I basically just like wrap it up in my arms, put it like inside my jacket. Shh, little baby. Shh, come down. Come down with me. Yeah. And I was like, Natasha, I'm just going to take this downstairs. And she was like, okay. And I ran downstairs and I come in, I like kick the door down and my like (laughs) colleagues are sat there and I'm like, guys, I broke the laminator. And then that was in the next 20 minutes we spent literally undoing every screw on it to take out this like matted shitty piece oh of like, laminated paper and you know what you know someone should have designed that machine better laminated someone, are tricky they're tricky yeah and i put it in the wrong way and it just fucked up and oh then we God. had to unscrew it all and That's, fix it <laughs> yeah so 
And there we are. I had, know, a, I had a fooling out. And then I sent you that photo where I finally got it out. <laughs> and I snipped it in half. So it was just like the two laminated sheets. And I wore it on my head as a tiny crown of disappointment. <laughs> but like one of those like cone hats that they put on like the duds or whatever yes. they're called. That that was your hat of oh, shame. The duds? No, I don't know if that's what they're called. Like the stupid people in the class? Yeah. Is that not what you were going for? No. Bad. It was my hat of conquering the laminator. Oh, with it was the, a crown. The help of two other strong women. Yeah, you wore that like a crown. Yeah, and that was my week. And then I guess I did some makeup stuff too. <laughs> but that was that was pretty scarring. Yeah, that, that sounds scary. Anyway, welcome. My life's boring. <laughs> it's just you breaking things around your workplace. <laughs> Honestly, it's, I'm so surprised I don't get fired on a weekly basis. When you leave, they're going to like send you an invoice of all of the things you've broken. I would just leave the country. You could. I actually could. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be allowed back in. But <laughs> it's a price to pay, I guess. Guys, I sent off my permanent residency paperwork. I'm not just, like, here illegally, like, just sponging off the community <laughs> and economy. Yeah, if you haven't figured it out already, Ruby is from the UK. Yeah, a lot of people can't. I'm kind of like Moira Rose when no one really knows the accent. Yeah, everyone's just like, mm. The best I've heard is, oh, it's just very ambiguous. Do you remember that actress that we worked with? I forget what show it was on, and but she was only a day player, and you were doing her I makeup. Do. I know and exactly who you're talking like, about. She was like, "Oh, where are you from?" And you were like, oh, "I'm from England originally." And she was like, "Oh, because your accent is so interesting. You should work on that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she legit told me she was an Australian actress, and she legit. And I, I get a lot of people think I'm Australian, and she was like, "Yeah, uh, I can't really place you." Yeah, that's really interesting. You speak like that, and I was kind of like, "Oh, I think it's just a psychological thing. I try and fit in where I can." <laughs> I lived in Canada for school. I went to Australia. My partner's Australian. I don't really know. You know what? I don't focus on it too much. I'm from the south of England, a very neutral, up British kind of whatever accent. And she just wasn't having any of it, and she was just like, "Yeah, yeah. I I actually have a number of a dialect coach I can give you if you like." And I think I'll, I think you should. You can. We can make that better. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> it's like 5 a.m. <laughs> can we not? Let's not talk about that, okay, <laughs> ma'am? Let me just brush your eyebrows in peace. My life is a mess. Boop, 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 boop. Um, do you want to... Oh, before we do that, actually, before we jump right into these little... Our little makeups. Makeups, makeups. And I don't know if we've brought it up yet, but so many people have shared really kind messages and yeah, we've advice, and there was just a lot of support and love. I really appreciated that. From very, like, I didn't expect anyone to listen to it, yeah. and the fact that quite a few people listened to it, and people I didn't expect to listen to it, I just feel, we felt very humbled and grateful, and we had a little moment of, like, ah, oh, this, this is sweet. And, like, people taking the time to give us advice, or... Like, that kind of stuff. I, I think we're both very, um, I don't want to say, like, antisocial. Just not public people. No. Private. That's what I'm looking we, for. And we also have a hard time with self-promotion. Just as, like... Yeah. You know. I think a lot of people do. It's, like, weird to market yourself or to, like, try and get people to like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time with that. So it's been, like, it's been really, actually... It's been really like heartwarming to see people like take the time out of their day to listen to it and to message us on top of that we've so thank you to everyone basically yes. is what we're saying yes yeah if you are one listener from trinidad thanks that was awesome 
We're going global. We got really excited when we saw that we had a listener from Trinidad. We yeah. were like, wow. <laughs> I know. And that was one from Colombia, too. Yeah. That was fun. That We're was going fun. Missy Worldwide, as <laughs> Pitbull would say. We are. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Mrs. Worldwide. Mrs. Ms. Ms. M.S. Madams. Madame. Worldwide. Madame Worldwide. Fucking Pitbull. Get up to date on the lingo, bitch. <laughs> right. Would you like to go first? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I am doing for episode nine, the fifth element. Multipass. Multipass. <laughs> Definitely didn't just re-record this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so first of all, I just want to say Jean-Paul Gaultier was uh, the designer for costume. And I really loved the costumes on this. They were so avant-garde and so beautiful. And it was a big budget film and there were lots of departments that were awesome. But... The costumes were pretty outstanding. They were cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Lois Bo- Boa was the department head. She is an icon, um, as many of the makeup artists are that we talk about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, she was the big boss for this film, and she's an Oscar-winning makeup artist. But I am actually going to be focusing on Nick Dudman, who she hired um, to take care of the Mangalores. And they're one of the alien species in Fifth Element. Right. They're like the aggressive kind of looking guys. And just for reference, they're the, um, if you've seen the film uh, and you can't think off the top of your head what they look like, um, they have that big fight scene with Lilu in the hotel room when the opera's going on. Right, right. Yeah. And the woman's like, oh, 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 oh. And she's like <laughs> flexing her little like blue body. Convulsing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they have this yeah, fight and Lilu's like backflipping and like slapping them and stuff. And they're like, yeah, I rewatched it this morning. That was a great 30-second clip of it on YouTube. <laughs> um, so if you just want reference. Uh, so yeah, Nick Dudman was in charge of the Mangalores because that was a huge, big creature makeup. And Lois Burwell, she's a busy lady, and you've got to have a strong team. Mm-hmm. Delegate. Yeah. So the Mangalores, like I said, they're an alien species in the film, and the casting call was very specific for this. They wanted big bodybuilders, wide shoulders, and narrow hips. They also wanted them to have smaller skulls. And a sloping forehead. Interesting. I just love when we get the casting call, when we, like, learn what they've requested for the actors. I think I've talked about this before, that I love when it's so specific. Or or also I love when it's really vague and it's like, we want a ditzy blonde. And then you're, you know, imagine being that actress. Yeah, we have talked about this, yeah. Right? In this case... Mm -hmm. Imagine your agent being like, oh, you're small skull. Perfect. Let me put you forward for this role. Look at that beautiful sloping forehead. Perfect. They'll love you, Craig. They're going to love you. This is it, Craig. This is it. He's this like, oh, God, whatever you say. <laughs> Craig the Mangalore. Um, so, yes. And they, the forehead was important uh, because the design that Luc Bresson, uh, the director, had chosen, it really went well. Um, with that skull shape, if that makes sense. The yeah. Preston was like, I want this. Yeah. And so that's that was the requirements they needed for casting. Um, so when the performers had been found, the work began on the custom-fitted motorized skulls to go over them, which were covered with animatronic levers and wires. Each head had different panels, servers, and controls. So this is kind of going into the animatronic side of makeup and combining mm-hmm. that. And there's it's a whole different department and that work closely with makeup and prosthetics and I've never been in the animatronic world but it's it's very important and used a lot yeah I think I don't know if a lot of people know this but in the film industry makeup effects mm-hmm. so there's like different categories of makeup so makeup makeup effects makeup effects and special effects yeah are all different departments but they yeah. all work really closely together yes 
They're all like kind of siblings, if you will. <laughs> a little weird family. Yes. Um, and special effects is, uh, they, I kind of touch on that in this too. Mm-hmm. And Nick Dedman, um, the designer of these, he's a very like well-regarded makeup artist. And just to touch back on him actually before we go further with the Mangalows, um, his career path widened because of this, and he had to oversee 55 men creature. That's crazy. For this. That I can't even... That didn't really make sense, what I just said. But yeah, he basically was given 55 characters to make of this squadron. I can't even maintain, like, forecast on set. Squadron? A word? Squ- uh, Squad. Squad or quadrant? <laughs> You've combined the word. I have. I have. I like it yours better, though. Do you know what's in my mind, though, is because there's a show in development at where I'm working called Squadron. Uh, mm-hmm. there you go. Maybe squadron is a word. Anyway, who knows? <laughs> That's another time. Just Google it and find out, I guess. <laughs> we, we will after, and then we'll hate ourselves for like a week <laughs> for sounding we'll dumb. Ru- we'll ruminate on that for but a while. It, Nick Dudman, Nick Dudman, the man he is. He won a BAFTA award for visual effects, and since that film, it, this film that came out in 1995, he has led many creature and makeup effects departments on several blockbusters, including Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, The Mummy, The Mummy Returns, and consulted on the costume effects for Batman Begins. So Nick's, Nick's the man. He knows he's, what he's talking about. He's done his... And he's a, he's a British dude. And his birthday's April 30th. If you want to know. <laughs> if you want to send <laughs> if him you're a curious. gift. <laughs> he's a Taurus. <laughs> um, um, I love Taurus. I have Taurus in my family. My brother and my mom are Taurus. It's a strong sign. Great sign. Um, so yeah, anyway, back to his <laughs> beautiful work on the Mangalores. So so he was in communication with Luke Bresson about the casting, and then, yeah, he had to make these different panels and servers and electronics um, because basically the the lead Mangalore was complex. He had brow movement at three different places on the upper and lower lip that moved. His jaw can open... His jaw could open, sorry, anything that added a lifelike character. So they were sculpting these really big pieces and overhead cowls and masks that basically had to have a lot of movement Mm -hmm. but they it was so larger than life that um it couldn't just be like a few prosthetic pieces it was like it was a big job and when you say they they wanted them to move like is it for the actor to move them or is that animatronic that's animatronics wow so they have to fit all that wiring and stuff like that under the makeup too yes yeah and i kind of i touch on that yeah and it was really important for the brows and the lips that was that and if you look at them they have very strong brows and Mm -hmm. like these big like fish blubbery kind of lips (laughs) um so they were like very key points that needed movement so there was another person called Chris Barton. He um, he was the key animatronic model designer, found a solution. Um, they suggested placing them down the center of their backs underneath the armor. So the armor became a vital part of what made the creatures kind of tick. Mm-hmm. Um, that, may, that meant that they had to, because they were trying to find out where to put all this wiring. Right. Um, and this guy was like, oh, put it in a backpack. Let's see if we can do that. So it's not like all under their faces and running down their bodies and like, yeah. let's try and make this work. Um, so Nick Dudman um, said to Luke Bresson, he's like, oh, these Mangalores would look really good if they had a battle backpack. <laughs> and he like worded it in a way. And then Luke was like, I love it. Yes, they should have a battle backpack. And then they were like, score. We made him think nice. it was his idea. Reverse psychology at work. Yeah, it was really funny hearing Nick Dudman talk about it. There's a great interview that I'll put on Instagram that you can watch as well if you like. I, it's like 10 minutes long. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. And that gave a lot of the team relief because it meant that it could hide and all the monitors and it was an easy access to for in between takes yeah, as they could they switch need to it fix anything mm-hmm. yeah. and they could switch it on and off to save the battery power and without having to inconvenience the actor too much. Oh nice. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so while that was going on, on another group was crafting the soft skins that would go over the animatronic skulls. So Dudman hired a designer, Gary Pollard, to sculpt the heads. But during this process, he came across, Pollard came across some hurdles with the original designs. Initially, the script called for the Mangalores to be identical, except for two, a senior aging commander and a younger lieutenant. But then Nick Dudman and Gary Pollard decided that, it, that if the rest of the Mangalores all looked the same, then they run the risk when filming it not looking natural enough with them all being identical. So when they're shooting, if they're cutting from one to the other, the audience might not know if they're still if looking they're at the if they're still looking right. at the original Mangalore. So Pollard sculpted and made slightly different looks for each one, giving it character and believability to the species. He added scarring and slightly different ears and would give some sturdier jaws or some a heavier brow, giving character details, but still nothing too exaggerated from the original design. Mm. of what the Mangalore should look like. Right. So they kind of made that decision by themselves that they're like, yeah, this is like a team, this is like a species, but let's give them some character. And of, like I said before, just to reiterate, these um, sculpts and this like material uh, and the prosthetic was going to go over the animatronic model design. Wow. Yeah, so they had Chris, Bar Chris Barton on the um, animatronic model design and then uh, Gary Pollard sculpting it to then be the flesh of it over. And Dudman was overlooking all of this, who was communicating back to Lewis Burwell about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, pretty cool, hey? A lot of teamwork going on. Yeah, big budget. Yeah. Um, so during the test makeup process, they realized it was obviously going to be incredibly time-consuming to glue down these over-the-head makeup pieces because they were, at the time, still using the natural eyes of the actor. Um, so, yeah, they'd have to secure it all perfectly around the eyes and then having to paint around the eyes accordingly to make them still, you know, not just be like, the audience be like, that's a human eye. <laughs> they all had to go. They were really creating a new autonomy. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, again, <laughs> Nick Dunman said to Luke Brisson, wow. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if these guys had sunglasses of some sort? I don't know. I'm just spitballing. I'm just, I just, I just thought of this idea. Just what do you think of that? Like, come on. Luke, <laughs> Luke, over a cold one, let's just talk about... <laughs> let, let me just, you know, tell me what you think. Um, and Luke apparently replied like, yeah, why not? <laughs> so again... <laughs> what an easygoing guy. Yeah. Nick Dudman's got a way of words, I think. Um, so the team went away and they made these little sunglasses with red filters, very much like Morpheus in Matrix. Okay. So they just balance like on the skin. They don't like have the the on. little tanning glasses almost. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, these glasses saved a lot of time and money during the production too. So that was pretty awesome. Um, and just when they thought they were done, uh, Pollard wasn't satisfied with one element of the makeup. It, um, and it was the when the Mangalores and the actors opened their mouths and seeing a, like these big set of jewels that had been sculpted and these big lips and then being able to see the back of the actor's mouth. Again, mm. just is, takes you out of it. It was the eyes and the mouth that he wasn't fully happy with, and they solved the eye problem. So to solve the mouth problem, he developed a series of pieces that could be installed into the um, Mangalore's mouth that disguised the actor's lips, giving the Mangalore's animatronic depth. You could see the actor's lips when the animatronic lips opened of the Mangalore. It wasn't right. directly applied on top of them because um, it was over the like animatronic mask. So he just created some pieces that would sit on their lips. Oh, uh, so they could still talk, but you wouldn't see. It was like mm -hmm. a, a little like well, divider. About them, about them talking, they didn't actually talk because when it came to filming, the production had already decided that the actors would be dubbing their lines in post. Ah. So yeah, the lip and facial movement was done by the crew who were operating radio controlled transmitters. 
And so coordinating the entire platoon of manglers required a large crew of puppeteers and animatronic artists who are behind the camera. And Nick Dudman said, I think he did this himself as well. And they'd be watching the monitor and reacting to the scenes and being the facial movements that would could be in sync with the actor's body movements. So wow. the actors were relying a lot on the animatronic artists and the puppeteers yeah. to be moving. So that's why they could sculpt something and create something going over the human like actor's lips. Um, so you just saw these like Mangalore movement, and then the actor was just breathing out their nose. Wow. So yeah, it didn't. It just looked like more depth because they didn't need the opening of the actual mouth for the actors. Wow. Yeah. So what were the glasses called again? The battle star glass, the battle glasses, and then more the backpacks called the battle backpack. <laughs> Very inventive. <laughs> I love it. I bet you, like, after this movie came out, you probably buy like sets, like you like a battle star set, back to school battle star set. I like that <laughs> we're adding like, star onto it. Is it not battle star? No, it's just battle. Oh, I like battle star. <laughs> I've said battle star a few times. I'm like, oh yeah, battle star. I don't want to wait. Galactica. Wrong, wrong thing. Wrong thing. <laughs> Fifth element. Fifth element. Here we are. Um, but yeah, I hope so. You just go as a Mangalore. <laughs> and they don't speak either. They just, like, grunt aggressively. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a very uniquely brilliant makeup effects and animatronics and special effects team. And it was really fun to research about what I thought was pretty darn cool. Uh, a lot That's of hard work. That's super cool. Yeah. Wow. A lot of problem mm-hmm. solving. And just to add on, because I didn't speak about Lulu, and she is obviously the main person with her beautiful, vibrant Mandarin hair. Um... <laughs> And she was obviously played by Mila Jovovich. Uh, she w- their original screen test for Mila as Lulu, they applied a black smoky eye going all the way up to her brow. It was really wow. intense and they didn't like it, so it wasn't followed through. But also her hair was colored and bleached that orangey color originally. But after two months of having to consistently bleach and dye her hair, it started to fall out, so they made her a wig. Wow. <laughs> and that's, that's a little side note about, you know, number one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about the squad. <laughs> I am squadron. Good old Megalores. I'm pro back Battlestar kit. And I, I didn't really give a plot line to the fifth element. Just watch it. It's awesome. It's sci-fi as fuck. It's a 90s film. Yeah. Very I, practical. Like, all practical heavy. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it until earlier this year. And I got shamed for it by <laughs> colleagues. They were like, I, they said a quote from it and I just couldn't, like, retaliate. And they were like, uh, you haven't seen Fifth Element. That's really shameful. So I like went home that weekend and watched it. <laughs> so watch it too. And then you'll find more about the plot. <laughs> it's a good movie. Sorry, friend. That was a bit of a long one. No, but it was interesting. Thanks. We also don't talk a whole lot about animatronic, like that side of no. makeup effects and stuff. So and I'm fun to touch on it. I don't know a lot about it. I don't either. Would not be able to tell you how to do that. The most that I can do with electronics is in like grade seven when you like have to use a battery and cords to like connect yeah. the light bulb you know yeah and you like that's my experience that's when you you have to do that welding we have to like melt metal onto things and like no do i went what? i went to a poor kid's school we don't have that. oh i did too my <laughs> state school but sure i did get i just like used to uh weld like little balls of silver and then throw them at people oh my god you were uh you can were you a say? rebel back in the day anyway you've simmered down since <laughs> we'll see <laughs> That's what you think as you throw a silver ball at me. Yeah, my collection. <laughs> that was really fun, friend. I'm going to talk about Joker. Nice. <laughs> the most recent Joker. Oh, Joaquin thank Phoenix. God. Yes. Nice. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say thank God because I'm a huge fan of Heath Ledger. I am too. In all of Heath Ledger's films, I 
I watched this documentary so and I bawled. I can stop like crying for four days about. Oh, I just, just ten things I hate about you. Have you ever seen that movie? Yes. I love him in that movie. Just the Knight's Tale and like the Knight's <sighs> Tale, another good one. Okay, Brokeback Mountain is the best love story. God, that actually beats Notebook for me. He's that, so good. He's like that is like he, I guess he was so the good. Biggest heartbreak for me yeah is Brokeback Mountain and him not being alive anymore and if you haven't seen the Heath Ledger documentary watch it because he was a beautiful awesome I watched this interview with him I'm sorry we got off a side note I watched this interview with him and he's it's for Brokeback Mountain and this stupid fucking old white guy stands up and it's like a press release and he's like this is disgusting this film is like an abomination because it's about two gay lovers and he just replies in the most intelligent and emotional way and he's just like oh well that's that's really disappointing and really immature that you felt you needed to say that because this film is about love and it doesn't matter who you love or yeah, where you come from and he's like and there was a this was very real for a lot of people yeah in a, and this is a period piece and if you can't appreciate that and Even, understand like, that, then don't watch the film. Just appreciate the art that's behind it. Like, the actors and, like, the craft. And, yeah, just, that's the thing. If just, you, just don't give a fuck that you can love who you want. Exactly. There's and you know what? If you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it. But, like, yeah. if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Get out. I love Heath Ledger. Beautiful Great man. man. Talking about Joaquin Phoenix this this episode though. again huge fan of but him. now i'm gonna i i'm gonna do it we'll have to do a heath ledger yeah do something for him he's so good mm-hmm. yeah so for the joker this movie came out last year Woo-hoo. if you haven't seen it you should it's very good like not just the story but even just like like the cinematography mm-hmm. is a beautiful joaquin phoenix does has an amazing performance like yeah he does such a good job it's mind-blowing yeah it's a really good movie. It's, like, about mental health. It has such... Yeah, absolutely. And like, he, an extreme version of yeah. mental health, I'm gonna add. Yes. And yeah. he does a really good job at, like, being the psychotic Joker character that we know, but then also being, like, human at the same time yeah. and, like, kind of bringing that character down and, like, almost making him... Like, you can almost be sympathetic. Oh, yeah. I felt really sorry for him. So did I. Like, I didn't agree with a lot of shit he did, but I felt it was, it was a sad movie. Yeah, definitely. So for the... For the makeup team for this movie, the head of department is Nikki Letterman, a German makeup artist. She's also done some of our favorites, Devil Wears Prada. Ooh. Ooh. Very nice. Meryl. We love her. Um, she's also done The Greatest Showman. Ugh. She's worked on The Irishman, which is a really cool makeup movie. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it either, but I know, I've heard about the makeup. They do mm-hmm. some like where they change real people into other real people. That kind of transformations. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like I went as um, Rudy. Yes, did we talk about that? No, we haven't. Oh my god, we need to post a picture of that somewhere too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe. Um, you guys, I didn't dress up for Halloween this year. I ended up just kind of it crept up on me, and I just didn't dress up. And COVID, and, and exactly, whatever. Ruby did dress up. It was a very last minute decision. We were having a like a work party and a little costume contest. And um, yeah, I last minute we had just seen the Borat movie and me and two other colleagues went as what was Borat, <laughs> what was Borat's daughter. Um, and then I I actually I didn't even get handed the short straw. Like I full on was like, I'll be Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> like straight up. So then my the next day I was in a ball cap and a suit. And, uh, like, a tie, and we made, like, a little stupid American badge and, like, a hand laid some 
fuzzy white crepe hair around the back oh of my, my head. God. Yeah, and I became Rudy Giuliani, and I just like went around being like, and no, I went around and my boss was playing Borat, and he was just like, no, no. No, no, she's too old for you. She's 15. She's 15. So she's I just, too old for you. I ran around, like, trying to, like, grope people and oh my God. pull down my flies. It's so inappropriate, but it's very reflective of the new Borat movie, if you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, we're big Borat fans, if you can't tell. Wah-wah-wee-wah. Um, Wah-wah-wee-wah. nice. Wow. <laughs> Great film. <laughs> awesome that it came out just, like, for the voting period, like, oh, uh, for yeah. voting in America, Loved too. Loved every minute yeah. of it. Sasha Baron Cohen, I have a big crush on that man. That's, like, your I, number one, I think. I think he's so funny, and he's tall, and he's, like, I don't he, know. He's tall? <laughs> <laughs> I just love funny people. I, like... Strong attraction. Right? If you can, like, make me laugh, that's... Would you like him dressed as Borat, though, or himself? I think I'd like him dressed as himself, mm. but I like when he does the Borat voice. He's so funny. So you'd, like, want him to occasionally drop exactly, that in. Exactly, right? If we're having, like, a funny banter time... He'd be like, very nice. Very nice. I'd be like, yeah! Or, like, you <laughs> might make him lunch, and then he'd be like, oh, very nice. Oh, wow. A whole chicken. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. Get in your cage. <laughs> no, that's not funny. <laughs> in a real-life scenario, that's not okay. Um, then I'd be like, Sasha Baron Cohen, fuck you, you get in the cage. You tell him, bitch. I'm going into the king bed. <laughs> Peaky bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> Back to what we are talking about. Again. Huge. Um... Yeah, so Nikki Letterman's the HOD, and then her two keys are Tanya, I'm gonna, I really don't, I want to say these right, Tanya Ribolo and Sunday Inglis. Love the name Sunday. Thought I'd put that out there. It's very sweet. Um, so when designing this makeup, the director, who's Todd Phillips, and Joaquin Phoenix had an idea of the makeup look, and they, they knew what they wanted this Joker to look like. Mm. So they, when they went to Letterman, they took their design ideas, and she was able to translate it into the makeup that we see really well. They had a really good back and forth. Um, everything was kept matte and textured. Nothing about this movie itself is, like, shiny or pretty. It's all very, like, gritty and dark. So she wanted the makeup to look very gritty and, you know. Yeah, what's extremely reflective with the cinematography, as you mentioned earlier. Exactly. And the set dressing and yeah, the environment they, that the character then they tie it all in really nicely all the art departments so she kept yeah she kept the makeup rough and uneven she also wanted it to be you to be kind of uncomfortable when he was in the joker makeup like Mm -hmm. he's in an uncomfortable mental state and as the viewer watching the movie you're you know that something's going to happen when he puts on the makeup so the colors that they ended up choosing were a close discussion of all like i said all the art departments costumes production design even the lighting department were always referencing which colors would best suit the mood the theme team Um, exactly they wanted to have synchronicity so that's why we see a lot of the deep rusty red brick color that antique blue the strong greens everywhere all in that you know if you look at his suit fuck yeah when he's on the murphy franklin show and the set of that like the curtains on that set <laughs> murphy <laughs> come <Sorry>. on murphy <laughs> that was a crazy scene if I was you have not watched the movie your heart rate it goes up i was sweating too i was like he's gonna do something crazy <laughs> oh, i love that film oh man so this movie, actually, it's crazy to me that this has been a year since this movie came out. 
Yeah. It does not feel like it came out of Oh, shout out to Walking Phoenix and Rooney Mara, too. They just had a baby. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Okay, this is just what I read in the media, and the media is not always right, and they're extremely private, and I want to appreciate and value that. And I'm sorry to take away from your story, friend, but he called his their first they had it's their first child and it was a little boy and they called it river oh yeah that's a really nice little yeah a little heartwarming story yeah so this movie came <laughs> sorry i'm so <laughs> sorry it's okay just butting in all the time <laughs> no i love it i'm so rudy giuliani of me <laughs> shut up shut up shut up you're an idiot you're an idiot <laughs> that's so rude di giuliani oh, oh pardon the pun oh. <laughs> but don't um, shut up please keep talking i shall <laughs> um so because this movie came out just before last halloween in 2019 uh nikki letterman kind woman she is actually went on instagram and posted all of the colors and the products that she used on joaquin and she kind of talked about how she did it so that if you wanted to recreate the makeup for halloween you could have the exact look what a babe so i found that list uh, she used a lot of, it was all matte chrome cake, and which is a, <gasps> as far as I know, is a water-based. Black Swan. <gasps> right! Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. She used a lot of the cyan, pure white, basic red, landscape green, and black, black. Black, black. Black, black makes me sorry, think of. you were saying it, no, what? what? Makes me think of Jack-Jack from, <laughs> from The Incredibles. Yeah. Jack-Jack. Black, black. Jack-Jack. Burst into flames. That's what <laughs> yeah. the product doesn't do that. No, God. Um, oh, this isn't the Wizard of Oz. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so, what did you say that the chrome was water-based? Chrome cake? I'm pretty sure chrome cake is water-based. Isn't it like the cake makeup? Let me look this up before we say that. Chrome cake. Yeah, water-activated formula. Nice. So, would have been interesting for touches and that kind of thing, because water-activated formulas tend to smudge a lot easier, and if the actor sweats or cries or anything like that, they'll, That's they'll why run. face painters are like true magicians. They really are. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so on the topic of makeup, let's talk about Arthur Fleck's makeup. Now that we've kind of talked about the Joker. Mm-hmm. So Arthur Fleck is the Joker out of the Joker. Yes. You know? Before Joker becomes Joker. Exactly. So she wanted to keep him... He's mentally sick, and she wanted that to be reflected on his outside as well. Yeah. So she wanted to keep him quite pale, very gaunt when he was out of his Joker makeup. She achieved this by cutting out a lot of his healthy flesh tones. So a lot of those, like, pinks that we have in our skin when we're healthy, she'd take them away. Muted it. Muted it out. She'd also enhance the shadows of his face to, you know, achieve that gaunt look, that, Mm. like, thin... And that probably was amplified as well for her because Joaquin Phoenix lost a lot of weight for the role too. Yeah, so she would have, you know, probably just enhanced his already slimmer face. Mm. Fleck's also a bitch more... Fleck is a bitch? (laughs) That's what I heard. (laughs) That's what I think I just said. (laughs) Oh my god. Sorry. Uh, Fleck is a bit more clean and the Joker is a bit more raw and rough-like. So there is quite a difference between them. But she still wanted to, she wanted to keep hit what he's feeling on the inside represented on the outside. Altogether, crazy amount of thought and attention to detail went into all aspects of this film and this makeup specifically. Letterman had a huge challenge too, working with Joaquin Phoenix. He's not the biggest fan of makeup. Mm-hmm. He's shocking, you know. <laughs> likes to get in and out. Likes to get, to, you know, get to doing his thing in front of the camera. Yeah. So she really had to work with him and get her speed 
up to par but also maintaining continuity with this film when you're doing makeups like this clown makeup continuity can be kind of hard because the placement has to be exact yeah and, you know especially when you're cutting from scene to scene because you don't shoot in order never ever so can you imagine if a film did that That'd be a dream. My come stomach true. can't even believe that. No, your Gorgamesh is like, wow, oh, yeah, right. It's talking about Mangalores. He was like, I will become the Mangalore. <laughs> ah, this is my audition tape. <laughs> my stomach organ is a he now, apparently, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Daniel, when my stomach growls, Daniel calls it Gorgamesh. What? I don't. Gorgamesh. Gorgamesh? Like, like a monster's name. <laughs> like if it grows, he's like, Gorgamesh needs to be fed. <laughs> So, great job, Nikki Letterman, at being able to track that continuity yeah. between each smudge and smear, carrying it through each scene. That's another thing I really appreciated that she did. In certain scenes, we can see where he's, like, coming to work or he's just gotten home. And in the movie, he also works as a clown. Yeah. Um, that's his job. And so he'll come home from work and he'll have, like, a bit of makeup where he's missed yes. to wash it off. Yes. And then I in the next that. scene, the next morning, when he's putting it back on the trace amounts will still be there it'll just be less but you can still see it and those are the type of details that just a really talented artist is thinking about and just trying to maintain a realistic application and a approach to a film that's supposed to be real in a sense and i'm sure that even though joaquin phoenix doesn't like sitting that long for makeup it was probably those details that he really appreciated i can see him he seems like the type that really appreciates the art of filmmaking and the craft that goes behind every mm -hmm. job and i can see him appreciating her thinking about those kinds of things and yeah tracking that story with him yeah yeah so altogether, i loved watching this movie basically some damn good notes thank you that's <laughs> awesome yeah so nikki letterman i think you're an amazing artist if you ever hear this and nick dudman actually oh god can i flex i met nick dudman in imats did you in like in london in like 2012 that's I way say. cooler than yeah. guy fieri knockoff <laughs> the imats <laughs> and um yeah i met him and i got to like ask him a few questions my uncle had worked with him and kind of just put us in loop and i was very very fortunate and i was getting i was new to makeup i mean i was so fucking dumb like if i now met him i just probably would have asked like way better questions and just would have been so much more on it you just um, didn't know though you didn't know like and I, I was know. given a great opportunity and I yeah. appreciate that. And I was going to the London I met. So I just got to have five minutes with Nick Dudman and just ask a few questions. And I can't remember exactly what they are, but I remember him being extremely sweet and kind and giving me a lot of time. And I appreciate that because I think he, he helped. My uncle asked for a favor and he was really kind to give me his time. So, yeah. Ah, some great artists today. This has been a great artist podcast. Yeah. And Louis Bowell apparently is insane. Great. Like, great person to work with as well. Yeah. Yeah. So she makes a great makeup. Good on Nikki, Lewis, and Nick. Nick, oh, Nick and Nikki. <gasps> Something in the water there. Mm. Mm. Should we sign off? I think that's oh, all. No, dude, I've got a um, little, little, uh, little fun thing. Little fun thing time. Oh, tell me, please. <laughs> little fun thing time thing time. Uh, so, product of the week. Mm, mm -hmm. we kind of been off and on about this and we've just heard that a few people have been like i love your product of the week yes so we're trying our best to keep it up yeah we're so unprofessional we don't even know what's happening anymore we're doing it as we go we meet up and speak into a mic and hope for the best <laughs> it's very much a wing it thing absolutely so um a product of the week 
I just like to throw out Dr. Bruno's organic hand sanitizer. Love it. Mm -hmm. I've been using it, and they have two kinds, peppermint or lavender. Their lavender one's amazing. I use yes. that one, too. Me, too. Love it. In today's world, we are constantly using hand sanitizer. I mean, before COVID, we were all the time as mm -hmm. well. But even more now. Now everyone's using it. Now everyone's using it. And it's probably for the best. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, we're constantly using hand sani, and I found this product to not be totally drying and a delightful smell. Huh. We should say, too, and it's a spray. Which it is a spray. I like better. Me too. It evaporates faster. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it doesn't leave your hands feeling like wet or slimy at all. Don't smell like tequila. No. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about if you've been using a lot of store hand sanitizers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The last show I was on, yep. the production bought us these big jugs of hand sanitizer. And because the last show I started, it started filming at the end of June, which was like at the peak of the shortage yep. of that stuff. This nasty ass blue slime hand sanitizer Ew. smelled like kitty litter. Ew. It was mm -mm, not good. It was not a good time. No. Um, and then for a little tip as well involving hand sani, uh, you can make a quick dirt from it from using dry powdered dirt. Mix it in with like just the, your standard hand sanitizer, more of a gel base than a spray or a mm -hmm. liquid. And then you have sani dirt. Boom. And you can just put it on an actor's hands and they can like rub it in like normal hand sanitizer and then you can manipulate it with a bit of alcohol and a sponge or wet wipe. And it's just a really quick and clean way to put on hand sanitizer because the actor's like, oh, it smells like sanitizer. This must be clean, but you're putting on like a fake makeup dirt too. Exactly. So you kill two birds with one stone and they get to keep their hands clean. Yep. And it's really quick. Super quick. We love that. So that's a little tip as well. Do you want to say our goodbyes? Yes. You can like sign us out on all our, we should do our little following thing. You know how professional people do? Oh, yes. Well, that's, that's this episode yep. of, uh, the fifth element and the Joker. We hope you guys loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, if you feel like following us, if you're so inclined, you can follow us on Instagram at Blush and Stuff Pod, and we also have a Twitter page at Blush and Stuff underscore Pod, and um, we post a lot of updates there. If you're ever wondering when our next episode is or what it might be about, also if you want to see any of the pictures of the makeups we talk about, they're all always up there. Oh, and it's good to mention that the Blush and Stuff Pod, it's an N, not yes. an and, it's a N. Mm. Nuff for nuts. Exactly. <laughs> they won't forget that. Nope. <laughs> All right. So that was this. And email us. Oh, yeah. If you have, if you ever want to get a hold of us and have any questions or have any ideas or you just want to say hi, um, you can email us at blushandstuffpod at gmail.com. Thank you, sweet baby angels. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>